Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome to Tech Tuesday on INE. I'm your host, Catherine Brown, and we have a fantastic show for you today. As always, if you've been following INE and developments over the last couple of weeks, you know that we had a really, really exciting announcement last week. Uh, we have INE has acquired CloudSkills.io. Today, the founder of CloudSkills, Mike Pfeiffer, is here to talk with us a little. Uh, just get to know him, learn about his journey, learn about CloudSkills. And he'll share some insights into where uh, cloud is headed this year. We're answering your questions as well as we do each week. First, a little bit of housekeeping as we do each time we stream here on INE Live. I wanna let you know we are streaming live right now across social media platforms, including LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop when we do go live. And obviously we want you to get involved, talk to us, talk to others, ask questions, make comments. We love to see you guys getting involved and uh, really engaged in the conversation here. That's what INE Live is all about. It's why we do uh, what we do here. So please ask us questions make your comments and, uh, and feel free to really, really get engaged. If you have a question though, we'll ask this, drop a cue in front of it so that we can find it pretty easily as we're going through all these comments. We'll get to as many as we can today. And with that, I want to bring in Mike Pfeiffer. Mike, welcome to the stream. Hey, Catherine, thanks for having me back. It's fun to be here as usual. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're no stranger to INE Live. I know you've been with us a couple times. Uh, today, we are getting a deep dive into uh, your journey, Mike, and um, everything that you have accomplished, which uh, is, is going to take us a while just to, <laughs> just to name everything. Um, a, a bit of beef, brief background. Uh, Mike founded CloudSkills.io in 2016. Before that, he was with Amazon Web Services, as well as Microsoft. Mike has written six books, created over 35 online courses, trained more than a half million students, and developed the CloudSkills.fm podcast, which he still does on a weekly basis. Mike is now the cloud uh, director of cloud content with INE since officially coming on. Mike, uh, you're a busy guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a busy time in the industry. So, uh, you know, we've seen the opportunity. I saw the opportunity in cloud. Everybody obviously knows that there's a huge opportunity. So um, I started on that mission early and uh, it's, you know, there's still a lot of work to do. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty busy over the last couple of years, probably like the last decade, I guess, uh, teaching live classes, doing video courses, uh, doing workshops, podcasting, you know, there's never a dull moment. Uh, probably the hardest part is just keeping up with the rate of innovation at these tech companies. Last book that I wrote uh, was only on the uh, shelves for nine months. So, you know, it moves <laughs> fast, but we're all challenged to continuously learn, you know, regardless of being in the industry for 20 years or not. So um, it is a very interesting time. I think we're all kind of feeling that a little bit, you know, we're busy. And that's that's part of what makes this industry so um, so fun, so addictive, right? Is that it is totally. constantly changing. You are constantly being challenged to learn new things and 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 to grow, you know, your your brain and kind of unlock new technologies. Yeah, I mean, think about all the opportunities that are out there right now. <clears throat> I just saw a guy a couple of weeks ago that I did a podcast with who was on a help desk three years ago. Now he's starting in the cloud. Um, and I just hear transformation stories, like career transformation stories all the time. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, on top of the fun of learning new things all the time, um, you know, it's really like you're going to be able to potentially uh, capitalize on some major opportunities because, you know, the whole IT industry is changing. And uh you know, we're desperate for talent out there. So there is a way in and, uh, you know, this is just part of the process, getting started and being open to that continuous learning. But yeah, a lot of fun and uh, never a dull moment, tons of opportunity. So super excited about that for everybody. 
Well, uh, Mike, I, ha I have to apologize because uh, the bearded IT dad just commented and I realized I forgot one thing in the intro. You are, uh, according to the bearded IT dad, cloud god. So mm. apologies for forgetting that in your intro. We'll have to add that to your LinkedIn profile, cloud god. Jeez, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can stand <laughs> behind that one. That's that's a lot of pressure. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate the bearded IT guy. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Mike, I just, I, I know we've, we went into a little bit of your background, just kind of hitting the high points, but I want, wonder if you could just kind of take us through your background and, um, how you got started on your journey and sort of take us through the path that you took up until kind of really up until now. Yeah, absolutely. So I started like a lot of people did, um, at the entry level of working in IT. So started on the help desk and, uh, you know, this was 1999. So at the time, um, people were finally getting desktop computers at home and uh, you know, trying to figure out how to install drivers for different components they were buying, different hardware they were buying, and having to reload their operating system and all that kind of stuff. So when I first started, what I did was I answered phone calls from people that were at home with a brand new uh, PC. And then, you know, they had all kinds of a variety of issues. And uh, so that's kind of how I started. And I quickly became obsessed. I thought, man, um, you know, there was IT people in the call center that were coming into the machines and, and working on the machines there as well. And I, I kind of saw that and I was like, hmm, what are they doing in the back there with the servers? And, you know, so I got very interested and uh, I took it upon my own, you know, kind of responsibility to just educate myself, get certified. Um, I had been in a, a meeting with a woman who just got her A plus certification and she was talking about, you know, how fun that was and all the opportunity for that. And I, I decided to kind of chase certifications. So that really um, inspired me to learn new things. And, uh, you know, it wasn't much different back then than it is now. You know, I didn't have a college degree, still don't actually. Um, my daughter, who, who's 20 years old, is technically more educated formally than I am. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that it hasn't really changed a whole lot because if you can uh, go in there and sh show the hiring managers, you know what you're doing and you're hungry to learn, um, not that you know all the answers, but you're willing to, you know, show up and continuously get better every day. Um, tons of opportunity out there. So that kind of happened to me. And then I realized that in that first couple of years that if I just continue to work on my skills and, you know, just continue to, um, try to find new ways to, to learn on my own and continue to grow my career that I could probably advance into certain levels that maybe I might've not thought I could before. And uh, so the experience of getting started really inspired me to continue going. And over the years I worked in consulting, I flew all over the world doing projects and, you know, that could be, that could be very hard these days. I'm, you know, I'm actually enjoying working from home more these days, but, uh, you know, I so said I did that for a while. Um, so probably like the first 10 years of my career was a lot of practitionership, a lot of consulting, a lot of field work. And then about 2010, I started I got the bug for teaching. And uh, so I started doing, you know, live training classes uh, periodically. When I went to work at Microsoft, I was a, a field engineer, but, you know, so it's probably like 2012. And <clears throat> I spent uh, almost all my time in the field, either working on um, major issues like outages or teaching customer workshops. So that was a cool uh, opportunity where I could do some technical work and teach. Um, went over to AWS after Microsoft did the same thing, sort of. Uh, I was the first um, architect on the Quick Start team, which still exists. So AWS Quick Start, if you've ever heard of that, uh, it's basically a way for customers to spin up um, very commonly used workloads, enterprise workloads, uh, 
on the AWS platform and it comes with a bunch of architectural guidance and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of time at AWS writing infrastructure code, helping enterprises, some of the biggest customers that Amazon had at the time, helping those enterprises figure out how to architect workloads and then not only deploy them, but also automate those deployments. And, uh, you know, so I spent a few years uh, writing code there and, and helping customers with that, traveling all over the world and helping customers understand the AWS platform. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, and in 2016, you know, I just figured, man, there's so much need for this cloud training and I just couldn't deliver it fast enough. And so I decided, you know, we'll start recording videos and getting them out there to the globe, to everybody out there. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like, you know, in a nutshell, been the last 20 years for me. And, uh, you know, I think that the one thing that I can say has been the biggest um, success for me would, would just be, I've always had an open mind for continuously learning. Uh, I've never gotten to that point where I'm like, uh, this new technology is coming out, but I'm not learning that. I just spent 10 years learning this. <laughs> um, I, I do think that we all got to open our minds. And, and that's probably like the number one success thing for me that's worked is just keeping an open mind to be willing to learn continuously. So how have the last five or so years been, I guess I'm trying to do the math, 16 to 22. How, how have those years been? You know, you've, you've founded cloudskills.io. You've been really pushing that content out. Um, has that been sure. challenging? Has it been rewarding? What, what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's been really rewarding. Actually, <clears throat> we, um, we've, we've been a global um, community since 2019. So in the beginning, the first couple of years, I was working with businesses and I would go in, you know, to a small like conference room with uh, practitioners of the IT business and, and, and train them and help them get going. And I quickly realized that, you know, that just that, that delivery that I just did could have been shared with thousands of people not just five or six people. Um, so basically in 2019, we moved towards doing more of a consumer facing training option. And that's how the uh, cloud skills community was kind of born in its current form is that's kind of like what happened like we went out and decided to do global online training in a combo of pre-recorded courses but also live events and uh, so that's probably been the funnest thing for me is building the community uh, interacting with people we always had a, a very uh, you know we had a reputation for being you know really active for our live events and uh, so that was a lot of fun engaging with students and and i'm excited to continue that here you know, at INE, we're going to be doing at least probably one boot camp a month on my team starting next month. So that live interaction is still there. But for me, that's been what's probably the coolest part about all this is, you know, going from a little conference room with like five or six people um, to, you know, having classes where in the beginning of the class, we just ask, hey, where are you guys at? And people would say, you know, 10, 20, 30 different countries. And uh, so just being able to create that connection across the globe. Uh, that was really fascinating. And uh, that's why I'm excited about cloud because it's going to continue to enable that in different industries, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get the same uh, kind of rush here on INE Live. We see people constantly writing in, um, watching at any given time from, like you said, you know, multiple different countries all over the world, um, all different jobs, some employed, some not employed, some super far along their journey, others um, just contemplating a start. You know, it, it's very cool yeah. that you can the technology exists to have those, be able to have and create those connections um, with people. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about what, you know, what is it about cloud that that pose such a huge opportunity to you? I mean, technology is advancing and growing on just about every front, right? 
Um, so what was it about cloud that you said, you know, I, I see this huge opportunity. This is where I want to invest my time and energy. Yeah, that's a good question. But I think probably for me, just knowing like how hard it is to build out infrastructure of your own, like in your own data center, or even build your own data center. Uh, I've worked with customers that have done that in the past too, like people that just build out their own data center on their own property, all the way to, you know, other scenarios where they're just racking and stacking stuff in a co-location. But that is a lot of hard work. And it was pretty clear to me once I started to realize what the big tech platforms were doing, um, it, it was just I could see the writing on the wall. Um, AWS was already having success with like their EC2 service, which is the virtual machine service. And uh, obviously servers were, um, <laughs> I mean, they're still used obviously at, at great scale, but people are using more cloud um, native services these days. But back then, you know, was, everything was on VMs and I could just see, wow, it's going to be really easy for us to build a multi-region solution, a highly available solution across West Coast, East Coast, when I don't have to lease data center uh, prop, like space and mm -hmm. spend hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of dollars. So that was obvious to me in the beginning. I knew that projects in the future were going to be way easier, way more economical. And that was probably like um, the one like light bulb moment for me, because also Microsoft had already made a big commitment to doing their SaaS platform. And uh, the thing that I was working on in 2010, Microsoft Exchange, that was like the thing that I worked on the most, I go into customers and set up their email system and help them with that. Once Microsoft started moving that to the cloud, that's when I knew that, you know, it was, uh, it was going to start happening in a bigger scale, not just at Microsoft, but everywhere else. Um, so that was kind of like, that was the moment where I was like, all right, I'm going all in on cloud. And that was about 2013. So, you know, I was early on it, but I would say that if you're here right now and you're kind of having that same feeling, it's still very, very early. We're still in the very early stages of this. And, you know, if you can kind of think about, you know, any infrastructure that's had to be built in the past, just in human history, like railroads and things like that, you know, these cloud platforms are going to be the underlying infrastructure that make everything work in the future. So it's, it's very early, huge opportunity. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the backstory on that. Yeah, it's wild as um, as far as we've come when it comes to cloud and, and other technology. You talk to you know you or almost any other expert in the space, and they will all tell you it is like tip of the iceberg right now. It is uh, oh, yeah. the industry is is in its infancy. It's so true, yeah, and that's why it's moving so fast. Is because you know these um, these big companies and you know, just like some of the stuff we're doing at I and E. You know, they're doing continuous delivery. So every day they're making improvements. And uh, since there's so much opportunity in cloud and since they're doing that, and since things are changing so fast, it can, it can feel um, like we're moving pretty fast, but that's just, you know, the normal uh, way things are going to be from now on. So it's a good thing. <laughs> so buckle up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so for people that can kind of understand like what's the big picture, but also keep up with the updates. Um, yeah. There's going to be nothing but opportunity for those folks. All right, so you have been obviously with Microsoft and AWS. I want to talk for a minute about um, one of the, I, I think probably one of the great debates within the cloud space, and that's um, you know single cloud versus multi cloud training and investment. Um, first of all, if you can just break it down, what's the difference, and how, what side of the fence do you fall on here? Where do you see the greatest value and opportunity? There? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I think that. I haven't seen personally any training geared towards a multi-cloud yet. Um, 
everything that I've seen so far is just you know, very specific to the cloud vendors themselves, which makes sense because you kind of got to start there. But one of the things that's happening in the industry uh, is you know, people are using multiple clouds, usually in the scenario where it's not super intentional, right? They got multiple teams in the organization and somebody comes from one team and says, hey, we've got some stuff running in AWS, but we know that you know, we're largely using Azure. So those things kind of happen. Um, and I think that the industry at this point has been just trying to learn cloud foundations in a lot of ways. And so I think what's going to happen is, you know, people are going to be able to take what they've learned in one cloud and then kind of use that as they learn another one. Um, but yeah, I think that there's, there's going to be a need for multi-cloud training and certification. That's what we're working on here. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think that, uh, that's going to be, it, it's a practitioner as an engineer, you know, if you can deal with the ambiguity of how do I solve something across one or more clouds, that's really what the IT market needs. They need somebody that can come in there without a step-by-step -step plan and kind of take a step back and look at it and be like, okay, we've got Azure here, we've got AWS over here, maybe some Google, and how do I close the gap on that and, uh, and make something happen? And so it's really all about you know, being able to deal with the ambiguity of that monstrous setup, right? So we're in the early stages in the industry of multi-cloud. Some people are architecting um, highly available solutions across multiple clouds because they're concerned about vendor lock-in. But, you know, I, I don't think we're ready yet in terms of the industry for, for doing something like that necessarily. I think what we need to do is focus on multi-cloud. So an engineer, a developer, a DevOps engineer, whatever we're calling it, an architect, can look at the business requirements and understand what clouds are going to be involved. You know, what are the constraints in terms of how many uh, things that I have to put into this design, and then and then that will be, um, I think, probably the biggest thing. So as time goes on, I think what will happen is you'll see more ambitious projects across clouds. You'll see products and services in the ecosystem come out that helps you manage multiple cloud platforms. Uh, you know, I think top of my head, one of the companies that's really doing an awesome job with multi-cloud would be HashiCorp, you know, and their infrastructure as code tool Terraform is very, very well known. And you can use that with multiple clouds, you know, so that would be a scenario where I think that the ecosystem is going to start to mature and it's going to give people more, more tools and services. And I think in the short term, the opportunity and the need is for you to at least be strong on one cloud and then also understand how do I do some of those things, if not all, in an alternate cloud? So it's, you know, it's still emerging and it's going to be pretty fun to see how, how it all shakes up. <laughs> yeah, look, looking in our own backyard right now, um, you know, INE has and is making uh, huge investments in cloud, cloudskills.io, uh, the acquisition, obviously part of that, um, and, and bringing your talent um, into the INE family, Mike. Um, we're also launching certifications. We've been talking about this over the last six, eight months or so. Um, but it, if you were part of the beta process, you know that we are we are not launching vendor specific certifications. You know, we considered that and did a ton of research over the last six months and um, just made the decision, you know, not to go forward with these vendor specific certs. But Mike, um, can you talk about the value proposition behind and the strategy behind concentrating more on on vendor agnostic and multi-cloud folks? I you got into it a little bit just a moment ago, but really, um, you know, dig into the details. Like, what? Why is that a winning strategy? 
Yeah, well, I think it's a winning strategy because that's what happens in real life, right? So, um, I mean, I love the vendor certs. I built my career on the back of vendor certs, really, for education. But, um, you know, one of the things that has a lot of respect in the marketplace is the CCIE, which, you know, INE has done an amazing job of helping people do. And uh, that certification, when you go into a meeting or, or a job interview or something like that, it's very obvious that, okay, this person is very well qualified. They've got a lot of hands-on experience. Most of the vendor certifications right now, if not all, well, I wouldn't say all, but there's a, a good amount that do not have hands-on validation. And it just doesn't test the uh, all of the scenarios that you might run into in a real IT enterprise that is using multiple clouds. Because if you look at some of the uh, industry research that's been done, you'll see IT leaders saying that, you know, we're using multiple clouds already and, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. So that's why, you know, our certifications are going to be completely unique, um, very, you know, like I said, very similar in my mind to something like a CCIE, but for cloud, right? And the big benefit of that is that the folks that are certified are going to be able to do, you know, prove that they know what they're doing via hands-on practice and execution. That's totally different. But the good thing is, is the content that we're building would still help somebody prepare, you know, for, for the most part of a vendor cert, right? So no big deal there. And there's a lot of that out there. Well, I'm excited about that, you know, very hands-on experience. I did something similar um, years ago. Microsoft, they don't do this anymore, but they used to have something called the Microsoft Certified Masters, which was, you know, basically a, a six-hour certification exam where you had like 30 virtual machines and it was like this crazy setup. And you had to go through and, and not only set things up, you had to troubleshoot and fix things. And uh, so I see our, our certifications being built on those hands-on labs to enable those types of scenarios. And that's the, to me, the biggest thing is like, you really be able to know that this candidate really did a lot of hands-on and has a ton of uh, perspective um, before hiring them. So that's huge. And if you can prove that as a, as an individual in the job market, that's a big, huge benefit. And that gets to the heart really of, of, you know, people, as they're going through their training and they're they're asking the question, you know, why choose this versus why choose that? I mean, there's so many options out there, as you were mentioning, um, when it comes to training, when it comes to, to, I mean, for that matter, you can just, you have to, you know, pick which, <laughs> which vendor you want. But I mean, the, the options are almost endless. Um, but that gets to the heart of the question, like why I and E? And I think you gave a perfect answer to it because, because you've got the hands-on component here that is going to prove the expertise, the real world expertise. Absolutely. And to me, INE has always been like that as a brand ever since I can remember. And I remember back in those days when I was doing the, uh, the Microsoft Masters stuff, that's probably about 12 years ago, I was doing it for Microsoft Exchange and Microsoft Exchange, of course, was very commonly coupled with uh, Cisco Call Manager for voicemail. And so, you know, 12 years ago, uh, there was a point where I was studying CCIE voice stuff at INE. So anyways, uh, to me, like INE has always had a reputation of hardcore hands-on, you know. Um, and so I'm excited, like not, not only hardcore, but everything you need from beginner to end uh, in cloud. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that the hands-on aspect is really going to be a different experience for folks being able to also use the labs throughout the learning experience is something that has always been a, a point of friction, especially four or five years ago when I was doing instructor-led training in live classes. 
you know, the, the labs, especially back then, were more of a, a sandbox environment. So you couldn't really do everything that you could do in real life. And uh, so I'm excited just to have some really um, not only awesome labs, but things that uh, most people aren't going to be able to replicate. Right? We have an awesome lab platform and great creators on our team. We're still building the team to go even bigger. Um, but yeah, I think that people are going to be blown away by these cloud certifications. Absolutely. The, uh, the lab platform is absolutely game changing. And yep. uh, I, I just want to get this plug in there. If you have experienced INE in the past, um, but have not checked us out, like in the last three weeks or so, I would even say, um, since we've migrated all of these uh, labs to a new platform, you have got to check it out. You will be, your mind will like be blown by how much different it is, how much easier and more hands-on it is. It's just, it's, it's incredible. So I just had to get that, I just had to get that plug in there because it's, it's, it's very, it's very cool. And uh, by the way, I want to tease that we have a lot of really fun things coming down the pike for the lab platform this year. So stay tuned. It's going to be uh it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll say that. Um, all right, Mike, I want to get to, to um, your focus on the community. Cause that's one area where uh, I know that, that, you know, I and E as, as a company and you are very similar um, and that was part of, I think, part of the success of the partnership. But you built a tremendous community around cloudskills.fm, the books that you authored, the classes that you taught. Um, you're continuing the podcast, obviously. Can you talk about the importance of community and, um, you know, why you're so passionate about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, if you just look at what's happened over the last couple of years, um, just being, you know, stuck in your house and not being able to interact with people. That's been kind of a wake up call for a lot of folks that weren't working remote before. But yeah, I think that I've always kind of felt like that in my career. You know, I knew early on, I felt like I was just on my own figuring stuff out. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have an offline study group of people that were like-minded that I could connect with. Um, I didn't go to training in the early part of my career, so I never you know, met anybody in class. But those sidebar conversations and, you know, just being able to bounce an idea off somebody, um, you know, or share something that you already know because you learned it maybe 10 minutes ago, like those interactions are a big part of the learning process. And uh, so social engagement is huge. And we always used to really push on that in live trainings, right? Um, because you've got people there in the classroom, you can team them up. But once we started doing things digitally, you know, courses and online events and stuff, you start to lose that human interaction. And that's an insanely important part of the learning process. So, you know, to me, it, I like the fact that, you know, we have these vibrant communities and we are encouraging the students to connect with each other, to help each other out, because uh, it just makes the learning experience that much more effective. So that's one of the reasons I'm you know, massively passionate about it. And from what I've seen, you know, not only here at I&E and Cloud Skills, you know, people are hungry for that interaction, right? So I think that, you know, this is the time for, for everybody to like get into the community and being open to, you know, maybe sharing a little bit about what you're learning, being open to asking for help because sometimes as technologists who want to, you know, come off looking good, like we know it all, but you know, it's worth it to, to engage, ask questions, bounce ideas off of other people. That's huge. So that's, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I've seen it work. So, you know, I think that if you're listening or watching, you definitely want to lean into that. 
Yeah, and I'm going through chat right now. A few people, uh, Jose and a few others asking uh, for some examples of the new lab platform. Just wanted to, to let mm. you guys know, you can check out the starter pass. That is absolutely free. You can sign up today, you can sign up right now. It takes two seconds and uh, you can get into that lab platform within five minutes or so. Um, and obviously if you're a if you're an INE, uh customer, like a paying customer, if you subscribe, um, you can also access uh, much more of that lab platform. So. Um, yeah, just wanted to, to answer that question. All right, Mike, I want to move into what I am personally, I'm totally fascinated by your experience as as an entrepreneur um, and a very successful one, obviously. Um, what kind of, of business acumen and experience did you have when you launched cloudskills.io? You know, that's, that's 2016. And I know you'd already been through Microsoft, you'd been through AWS, like you were very technically savvy, but what kind of business sense did you have and and were you um you know were you nervous yeah actually one of the things i skipped over as i was uh talking about my background was in the probably first 10 years of my it career i did have my uh, one company before cloud skills and uh that was a small consulting company here in phoenix arizona that's still in business um, i started that and uh or co-founded that in 2003 and then i uh, or 2004 and then we were just doing, you know, we just drive around the city in Phoenix, like hooking up printers to computers or like doing graphic design or setting up people's websites, just anything that you could think of uh, and just drive around the city all the time. Um, so I did that for a few years and then I, uh, I cashed out of that business in 2007. My partner is still going. I just had lunch with him about three weeks ago and uh, we were uh, we were just kind of laughing about how long it's been and the fact that the first customer that we ever signed, he still got them as a client, right? So he does IT managed services. <laughs> at this point. So there, in that era, there was a lot of lessons learned. And then going back to what you said, was there uh, like any fear and stuff like that? I definitely experienced it for sure in the first one, because um, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, you know, that was early. I, I was probably, I don't know, my mid 20s. And so it was like a different time in my career. So it was very risky, right? So that's one thing I would say, you know, entrepreneurship, if you look up the definition, it's all about risk, risking your own money to build something. So it can be very scary. Um, <laughs> uh, back then, it was harder to start a business in the early 2000s. Now, you know, it's a lot easier because there's so many different products and services where you could go host your own, you know, content, whatever, sell things. But, you know, there's a lot of work involved in that. And running a company is no joke. And, you know, having employees and making sure you paint the vision for the company and you've got enough you know, money to keep going and all that kind of stuff. And I think that people kind of romanticize entrepreneurship out there. So I don't want to say, Hey, quit your job and, and go start a company. Cause like, that's a huge lift. I think that, uh, there is an awesome opportunity though. Um, there, I mean, absolutely. But also, you know, things like YouTube and these other creator platforms where you could just monetize whatever it is you're doing on there. So yeah, entrepreneurship is a, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's, uh, but for me, I think, uh, the second time around with cloud skills, you know, it was kind of a no brainer in my mind because I was at a different place in my career. I already had a solid understanding of cloud. I felt like it was very early in that. And, uh, so I, I felt like there'd be plenty of business, but honestly it got really competitive over the last couple of years, right? The market has changed a lot. So, I mean, that's the other thing as a business owner is the, the market is going to change consistently and you got to be ready for that. So, it can be very hard to do, right? So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, um, you know, basically join forces with INE. We've got an awesome global company. 
Um, we've got the lab platform. We've got things that, you know, we were working on a cloud skills that weren't there yet. Right. So this is an awesome partnership. And uh, so it was just a no brainer to me. But yeah, entrepreneurship could be very challenging for sure. How many uh, when you were working, starting that the, your first consulting business, how many hours a week do you think you were working? Just kind of a ballpark. Yeah, it was bad because we we weren't really <laughs> we weren't very good at scoping out projects. I mean, we we're, we're, we knew a little bit, but sometimes we would get on the hook for uh, doing too much because of the way we wrote contracts and stuff. So, yeah, it was ridiculous it, to the point where it was not healthy and uh and i had to get out of it because of that because I, I was just working too much so um, self-care is super important obviously we don't want to burn ourselves out so i would never uh i would never advocate for that anymore of you know working 50 60 hour weeks especially if you can prevent it so yeah for, for some no sorry i was just gonna someone... that last thing. Sorry, I'm cutting you off, but I just say regular 40 hour work week should be plenty if we're doing things right. So anyways, sorry to cut you off there. No, no, no worries. Um, yeah, I was just going to say for someone who is maybe watching, who's considering starting a business or think, you know, thinks they have this great idea, they want to get into it. Obviously, it's, um, you know, it is a challenge. It can be really fun. It can be really successful, um, as you've seen. Um, what, what's, was there any advice you got that you were like, yes, this changed the course of everything. Like this was so valuable. Hmm. That's a really good question. <clears throat> I don't know if there was any advice, but I was inspired by something I saw. This was while I was working at Amazon. And uh, I just saw a, uh, I think it was a fast company article about a trainer who had made all kinds of money online teaching. And that was kind of like the inspiration for me. I figured, you know, if that guy could could go out there and build a business based on, you know, a topic area that I thought was you know, popular, but cloud is going to be bigger. Um, that's kind of the moment where I was like, all right, this is getting interesting and I'm going to go online and, and start a training business. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of like the, the default moment. I think if like anybody's thinking about starting a company or anything, probably number one thing would be, um, you know, what is the dream that you want to bring into existence? And, uh, you know, you have to think a little bit about the competition and stuff like that. Um, but I would say like, whatever it is you're dreaming, see if somebody else has already kind of got a version of it that's working. That way you can kind of validate the idea and, and then go out there and take a shot at it. But, you know, I'd probably start small and, uh, and just kind of work your way up from there. So flip side of that coin, any mistakes you made that you wish you could completely take back, do over. <laughs> How much time do we have back. left? Do we have a couple <laughs> hours left? That's um, you. We've got all the time you want. Yeah. Um, I think, so it's really interesting, right? We have to have a, a, a culture of like, just move and make a decision and execute. Otherwise you'll just die from analysis paralysis. But also, you know, you don't want to go too fast. So it's kind of like trying to find a healthy balance between the two. Um, but if I, if I made any mistakes, I'd probably just um, diving into, uh, certain things when other things weren't set up. So for example, like first year I was in business, um, I didn't spend a lot of time on the tax stuff and I, you know, the tax and accounting later on, that got more complex trying to clean it up at the end, you know, come back and do it. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes is, uh, maybe just rushing into certain things a little bit. Right. And, uh, but I also think that that can, that can serve you in certain scenarios. So, um, but yeah, I think that, um, probably biggest mistake I would make is probably just being a little bit, sometimes 
um, maybe a little bit too decisive at times, but you know, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, definitely a tricky process, but that's probably the, you know, I try to think of another mistake, but you know, not getting my tax stuff set up in the beginning, that was a pain to go back and fix. Um, but yeah. It's a, so it. get your tax stuff set up and, uh, and yeah. think about things before you act. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But don't let it paralyze you. Don't let the options paralyze you from making a decision. So yeah. Fair point. Fair point. What about mentors? Did you have any mentors? Um, I know a, a ton of people look up to you and consider you their mentor. Um, can you talk about the importance of mentors in your own career coming up and you know, why it's so important to you to, to kind of turn around and pass that on? Yeah, absolutely. So I've always had mentors at every stage of my career. It's, it's changed too. So different times of my life, I've had different people. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's been people that mentored me and they didn't even realize it. You know, sometimes it's been people that, um, it could be authors, um, it could be people that I work with, but they don't necessarily consider me a, a mentee technically. Um, but yeah, I've had mentors at every different stage. And, uh, when I first started, um, my mentor was kind of like a tech lead and, and I've always had somebody like that around me. So I would say, you know, no matter what you're doing, if you don't have somebody that you're working with one-on-one -on -one as a, as a mentor mentee, you can still like listen to podcasts and, and get mentored that way. So that's one of the things I do still to this day. I mean, I have people in my network that I connect with, but I'm also, you know, paying attention to listening to people that are doing things that I'm interested in. And that's kind of a way for, for me to get mentored indirectly. Right. So, uh, but there's been so many people over the years, a lot of people that I've worked with <clears throat> have been leaders that I've worked for and stuff being a mentor. There was a guy named Tom Stickle at Amazon who's still there. Um, legendary guy. And uh, he was a great mentor for me, taught me a lot about business and, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I would never say I'm self-made. <laughs> like I've had mentors and help and, and a lot of great people along the way. So if, if you're in the same boat coming up in your IT career, you know, think about that. Maybe you can get somebody to mentor you one-on-one, -on -one, but also be open to getting advice from others indirectly through podcasts, YouTube and books, things like that. I think that's such a, a great point. And um, yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that because no matter, almost no matter who in this industry that we've talked with here, just in my interactions, as well as on INE Live, whether it's you know experts in the field or recruiters or you know, hiring managers or whoever, they, they all harp on the value of community and connections and mentors. Um, and then just to hear you, as you said earlier, just to, to have an open mind and kind of listen, yeah. take in everything, like uh, be like a sponge. I, I just, I think that's such great advice. Um, I, I see that piano behind you and I wanted to get into, uh, just ask you, what are your hobbies outside this? You gotta, you gotta do something else, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually do. And when I was younger, I never used to have a good answer because I was working all the time. I used to, I remember being like, embarrassed to answer that question like 10 years ago because i just worked <laughs> all the time um but these days i actually have hobbies so um the piano is new that was a christmas present so i'm still learning that i've always played guitar though so i got a guitar over there i'm getting back into playing guitar i played in in the late 90s if anybody's ever been to albuquerque new mexico they have a pretty good music scene downtown and i played in a punk rock band called no reaction in the late 90s so 
if anybody was out there back in those days, but I've always been a decent uh, guitar player. And uh, so I'm trying to get back into music. So I've been playing music a lot lately. Um, the other thing that I like to do is we live in Phoenix, Arizona. There's mountains all over the place. So we're big into hiking. I go with my wife. My wife's done some several 13,000 uh, foot peaks summits. And uh, I haven't gone up that far yeah. with her yet, uh, but I've done a 10,000. And so big into hiking. And uh, yeah, I mean, just getting out of the office and being active is, is a good thing. I try to get out every day in the morning um, just to not be chained to my desk. And then beyond all that, I'm, uh, I'm obsessed with books. I read constantly. Um, I'm either on my Kindle or on an actual book if, uh, if I'm not in here working and I'm not doing one of those other things usually. So that's kind of like what yeah, I, the, I do inside. One of the things that fascinated me about um, talking with you a couple of weeks ago, we were just you know, chatting, getting to know each other a little bit, and you were saying how you're really, really into astronomy, um, not particularly for, you know, you don't, you don't want to do it. It's more of a hobby, right? Um, you don't want to do it professionally, but like you, you have all these like very interesting interests when it comes to books and, um, you know, astronomy, yeah. things like that. I just think that's really cool. Yeah. I've been getting into that lately. Last couple of years, I've been studying uh, more about astronomy and physics and stuff just as, a, as an interest. And I think, um, the, all the stuff that's going on right now with the James, um, Webb telescope, if that's the right name of it. Um, I think people probably say that out there. I'm fascinated by that because the images that we're going to be able to see, you know, from deep space are going to be insanely cool. And it's just fun to think about like, you know, from a high level, how's all this stuff work. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of geeking out on that type of stuff lately. Awesome. Well, uh, before we wrap things up here, Mike, I just want to, um, you know, kind of turn it over to you. If there's anything else that, that you want to share about yourself, about your journey, about, um, you know, coming, coming into the INE family, anything at all, you know, that, that you want people to know about you or that's, that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people have asked me questions and I, I still going to be sending out some notices and stuff, but kind of curious about like, what does this move mean uh, for cloud skills and for Mike and things like that? So I will, like you said, Catherine, still be doing the cloud skills FM podcast. I actually got a really great episode going out tomorrow. Um, so continue to do that. And I'll still be teaching and we'll still be building content. You know, I'm going to be quarterbacking the cloud team. And so there'll be, you know, more trainers teaching and, and stuff like that. But I'll still be there teaching, doing boot camps, doing cloud skills FM. And uh, so I would say the la last thing I would say in this, just coming out of this is make sure you follow me because I'm going to be sharing a lot about like what we're working on over the next couple months. And, uh, you know, more live streams like this, it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. We are very, very glad to have you as quarterback, Mike. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate well, it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. Um, great topics. We have, uh, we are going to be tapping Mike for a lot of INE lives during the month of January when we're really just taking a deep dive into all the things and all the investments that INE is making in cloud. So uh, stay tuned for that. We will, uh, Mike, thank you so much again uh, for joining us. That's going to wrap up today's stream. If you missed it live, you can look for the replay across our social media channels as well as on the INE website. We will be live again right here this Thursday, January 20th for another special stream featuring Mike. And he's going to get into specifics on some of the new courses and content coming down the pike here at INE and how we're enhancing the learning process to give you an incredible and a very valuable experience. So again, he'll, he'll be getting into some nitty gritty uh, with that. We were sort of high level today, just getting to know Mike, but we're going to get into some of the more uh, detailed specifics 
later this week. That is Thursday, January 20th at one o'clock Eastern time. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop for details on the next stream and notifications when we do go live and definitely follow Mike because he's going to be passing all that information along as well. As always, bring your questions. Thank you so much. We will see you next time. Until then, have a great week.